Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All About Love book discussion. This is an extension of the Feelings First Facts Later podcast. And as always, I go by the name Nathan Mitchell, and I'm accompanied by Christina. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, we are actually going to... (laughs) (laughs) I can't even believe it. We're actually going to get through what we said we were going to get through, right? So this is kind of like... Yeah, so this is like not really a New Year's resolution, but more of a... End of year, closing things out (laughs) that we started. Closing things out plus (laughs) plus making the decision to make sure that we complete everything that we start. Yeah. How about that? I like it. How about that? So we are going to be discussing chapter five and chapter six Mm -hmm. again. Again, this is a book by Bell Hooks. Mm -hmm. Red cover, pretty dope book. Yeah. We're finding that we can build a lot of discussions out Mm -hmm. of some of these chapters here. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone that has not taken the time to go back and listen to some of our older, 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 older episodes, we discussed chapters one through four. That was a long time ago. That was a that was a good amount of time ago. We were. Was it before the summer? You had to have been. This had to have been when you started getting on the podcast. Yeah. We so like were fresh in a relationship. Time. We were reading this book together, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, it's not that we didn't read the book and it's not right. that we didn't care to talk about the book. We just, we just haven't had the time to like actually do extra episodes so much stuff. to go over right. and, and what I didn't want to do was I did not want to have the book discussion as a part of the episodes because I, I didn't want I didn't want the podcast to turn into a actual book discussion podcast. Well, that's what ended up happening. I think there was like two weeks where it was like the episode was the book discussion mm-hmm. versus the book discussion being an additional episode. Right. And then we worked. We got on track with regular episodes, but then we <laughs> left right. out the book discussions. Right. Because well, because we also have shit to do. 100%. Yeah. 100%. We, we are certainly busy people, and this is a hobby. Mm-hmm. This is a hobby. So um, easily, we can, we can, well, it's easier for us to be dedicated to one episode a week. For sure. Two episodes a week, we could do it. However. Probably not weekly. Well, and again, this is all hypothetical. I can't speak yeah. for the future, but for, it, it, certainly, the last four five months of the year very mm-hmm. very busy mm-hmm. very very busy and then battling with covid and it was, just, it, it, was, it was just it was a lot crazy, crazy. this year was crazy so we're setting a tone 2022 yeah. to at the very least make sure that we take the time to get this out to you also here we are all right so without further ado <laughs> chapter five chapter five of the book revolved around the idea of spirituality and how it is important to find yourself spiritually prior to seeking love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she talked a lot about how religion and spirituality are really two different things. Agreed. That sometimes even if we consider ourselves religious, mm-hmm. we're lacking in spirituality. Agree. Which I agree with that. Agree. Agree. Yeah. It, it, and, and and I'm no expert or anything like that, but 
when I think of religion, I think of something that you're subscribing to, mm-hmm. like an idea that you're subscribing to while spirituality to me, even if it is tied to your religion, right? Spirituality is how you, how you guide yourself and how you go through life with those morals, ethics, and values, wherever they may come from, right? Yeah. Like for me, spirituality would be, or I think of religion more like a blueprint. Mm-hmm that everyone can follow and mm-hmm. it can it can be consistent and spirituality is like your own individual journey right. within journey of self possible possibly within religion right or not right for and i'm glad you said or not for instance <clears throat> i am i am a theist right mm-hmm. however i i do not subscribe to any particular religion same right so uh even though the number one religion that I, I guess I would follow or that my blueprint, I guess would be from would be Christianity because right. I, was, I was born, I was, well, I was born a, a Catholic, but Same. raised in, in a Baptist church. Okay. Right. So, um, where I would, where I would go to channel all those things from would be from that book would be from the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. However, I do not carry myself that way. And then when I go on my, I guess you could say not necessarily journey, but my, my continuous self-identification, Okay. even though my morals, ethics, and values might come from the, the Bible, which we can argue that it comes from every other thing, the Quran, all, all of them, the, the Torah, yeah. they all kind of have the same base, right? And she's, she says that here too. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but even though it comes to all that, my spiritual journey has been something a lot deeper than just theology, right? It Same. has been has been rooted in um, something that I, you know, it's, it's personal to me, and, and and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of that. But um, but I, I do like the idea that she did separate spirituality from religion mm-hmm. because they're not always one and the same. They can be the same. They they can right. certainly be the same. However, they do not have to be. Correct. But where she was leaning towards more in this chapter, from what I remember, is she was leaning towards more of the idea of making sure that you have more spiritual wealth, right? Mm -hmm. And and the the foundation that you build is more rooted in you as opposed to just following along and going by the rules and regulations that a religion may give to you Mm -hmm. with the absence of your own spirituality. Right. Am am I missing something? No. Okay. All right. And again, it's, it's not to say that if you're a religious person and I don't think, I don't think she's saying it, that if you are a religious person that is lacking your own spirituality, that you're not going to find love. But what she was saying is, is that just having that, that knowledge of self yeah, it would make it easier to tap into or to navigate it, mm-hmm. right? Receive mm-hmm. it or give it. Right. That's what I took from. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So one of the, one of the main things in, in what I was mentioning before is that it's important to find yourself spiritually prior to seeking love is it all it all ties into just before you can love someone else truly you need to love yourself first right mm-hmm. just like if you're on an airplane once those masks drop you have to make sure you put your own mm-hmm. mask on before you put someone else's mask on mm-hmm. right so with with this one and, and and where it hit for me is if if you're lacking that that spiritual awareness 
right? As a, in regards to, um, understanding what your life's purpose is, right? Whether it be your true life's purpose or not, but whatever you perceive it to be, right? Okay. If you lack that and you don't have that grounding, then when you do try to move into a relationship, you're going to run into issues because, or or you would certainly run into issues when that person might need a little bit of guidance. And that's not to say that that person doesn't have to have it because you have it. You both should have it, mm-hmm. right? But in in a, in a relationship, there's always going to be there's always going to be times where you have to learn from each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like that person is learning from you and you're learning from them. Mm-hmm. But if your cup isn't full, then there's nothing that you could provide to them in order to help fill their cup even more. And again, it's not to say that they need you, right? Because mm-hmm. in a perfect world and what, what she's saying is that both of you are walking to this relationship with a full cup of spirituality, right? Okay. A full cup of self-awareness, a full cup of knowing your morals, ethics, and values, which kind of ties into chapter six, mm-hmm. right? Um, a full cup of knowing your self-worth. All that to me it ties into to the whole spirituality thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, maybe I could be wrong, but this is just my interpretation of it. But all that, all that ties into it so that when you all are in this relationship where one person might temporarily be lacking or, Mm -hmm. or might need to seek further guidance because it's a, it's a continuous process, right? Like, I don't, I don't believe that just because you feel that you found yourself spiritually or just, just because you feel like you found that path, I feel like you're constantly fighting that path and you're constantly yeah, because on that life journey is not linear it's not right so you're constantly finding that yeah and 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 it's tested 100 sometimes you're like you look back and you thought you had something figured out mm-hmm. and life threw something at you that made you question everything even correct. though you were like oh i thought i was solid there correct yeah correct. but but because you have your your base Mm-hmm. that 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 moral compass that that base of, mm-hmm. of how you're going to guide yourself through life if you have that then you could find yourself in a better i guess you could say power couple position when you can provide that guidance to your partner and then they can provide it to you mm-hmm. because it it's a lot easier to navigate a journey when you're doing it with someone else as opposed to just being by yourself so even if you are on that track of, or even if you feel like you're there where your spirituality cup is filled to the, to the brim, right? That doesn't mean that that cup isn't going to grow, right? That, yeah. that that cup is constantly going to grow and expand and change shapes and yada, yada, yada. But it's your goal to keep it full or close to full as possible. And if you could keep a full cup and the, and the person you're with could keep a full cup, then as you all navigate through life together, then I think that it would make things a lot easier and it would make loving that person a lot easier and a lot more effective when you can provide to them or you could provide something to them that can help them and they can provide something to you that can help you. Right. Did I just, did I I lose you? I felt like Mm -mm. I was just kind of rambling a little bit, No. but, um, but again, it's not to say that if you're not there 100 percent, then it will be a failure. I don't think she really points at that. No. And I think like when I'm listening to you speak, 
like what came to my mind is for example like i would say you're never done spiritually growing i don't feel like that's because that's like what enlightenment and that's not a thing like you you're on the path towards that but that's not i don't believe you've you've reached that in this lifetime at least not for me right so i think like you're always growing but having that awareness that you are still always growing is the most important Mm -hmm. and then when you for example like you said for you to be there for your partner to help them maybe navigate certain things like i feel you have been that for me in a particular area of my life where like i needed that like not that i was lacking you know my own way of coping with it but you brought this other element into a particular area where i was like okay like i needed this i needed someone to you know remind me of this about Mm -hmm. myself like sometimes even though you may be aware of it when someone an outside party comes in and says hey you know don't forget this and this and this like somehow it like opens your eyes you're like wait that's right like i got this type of thing where I feel like you've done that for me in a particular area. Gotcha. If I don't want to get personal about what it is, but. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it helps. It helps. And um, I I know it's been a while since we talked about this book, right? Mm-hmm. And, and for anyone that has listened to the, the first four a while ago or to someone that doesn't want to listen to the first four chapters, but is tuning into this one Mm -hmm. again, this, this book isn't like the end all be all about love. These are just tips on different things that you can do in order to make sure that when you do walk into a relationship that you could provide the most to your partner and then they could provide the most to you. Yeah. And like she said it, and it gives it to you and how love like in segments mm-hmm. and different aspects of your life, but mm-hmm. ultimately it's all interconnected. Right. And one of the things that I took from this, and I don't know if it was said in verbatim, but uh, you know, religion itself can also play against you when it comes to love mm-hmm. and in marriage. Um, because if you follow the Bible, right. As far as, marriage goes and then you you let that be how you manage yourself in a relationship or and or in a marriage and more importantly i guess a marriage right Mm -hmm. then you could find yourself doing more harm than good because you might find yourself in a position where you feel like or i guess i'm speaking more of a man to a woman Mm -hmm. but you find yourself in a position of ownership You find yourself in a position where you feel like this person is supposed to submit to you Mm -hmm. based on what you're seeing. She was saying that about like some of the issues like fundamentalists. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's why she spent more time speaking on the idea of showering yourself and understanding who you are as far as spirituality goes. And even though that can be the foundation that can be based in your religion just make sure that you don't take some of the things from it that could potentially do more harm than good 
especially if we're talking about being in a more modern or I guess you could say in a more modern American relationship right, yeah, as opposed yeah. to something of the past and or, or from another, another country, part of the world, yeah. right, where those morals, ethics and values work there, but it doesn't necessarily work over here in today's time. Yeah. Right. So you're not going to fare well in a, in a 2021 marriage or, or I'm sorry, 2022 marriage slash relationship where a man thinks that he can, you know, basically own a woman mm-hmm. and expect a woman to submit to him. Mm-hmm. It, it more than likely might not work. Sure. Some cases it might work depending on, you know, because everyone's different. But mm-hmm. um, but what you can bet on is that if you. If you're on the right path of understanding of your purpose in life and, and things like that, then it can it can only be to your benefit. So I, I feel like I'm talking in circles now. <laughs> talking in circles. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I really feel like I think you are. All right. Well, no. that's just typical shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you were saying, I mean, I guess this was kind of off topic. Uh-huh. When you were saying about having a woman submit to you, uh-huh. I don't think that I know what you were what you were getting at because it's I think real black and white. Like you own a woman, or men own women, and women have to just be submissive. Correct. Which isn't necessarily a being the submissive being submissive isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think it gets a bad rap. Right. And it just I'm gonna go a little bit off course, but like. Can we do that? It's not it's not gonna tie it. I was just wanted to talk about submissive. Yeah, go ahead, go for it. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> only because when do you that? say <laughs> Yes. Okay. I know because I don't know where it's gonna go. No, but I think that made me think of what that looks like today, potentially in a twenty going on a twenty twenty two relationship. Like what it means to be an independent an independent woman in a relationship, but still be submissive to your man Mm -hmm. and for me what that looks like is and i've had this conversation we've had this conversation like Mm -hmm. i for it's in me like when i feel secure in my relationship i want to be submissive Mm -hmm. it's not even something that i have to try to do or feel forced to do or feel like you expect that of me there's something about when you provide me with security and, diff- and that looks different, I guess, for different people. It makes me want to be submissive. Right. I understand. You know what I mean? Right. So when I was referring to submissive, I was talking about it in a more extreme sense. Correct. I got that. But I'm just saying, like, when okay. we think of that word, right. I think it makes a lot of people be like, oh, submissive. Like, right. what year is this? Right. Like, And we've said in multiple podcasts where... And in, in, in this is what we believe in and what, what we've read and, and things like that. But we subscribe to the idea that in order to have a successful relationship, one person has to be the submissive. Yeah. Right. In, in order for it to work long term, because if both people are dominant, then it's just going to be a clashing now. But, you know, just to reiterate. One person can be the dominant and the submissive, but those roles can alter, you know, and switch in some aspects. Right. Typically, typically, typically one person is going to assume that 
quote unquote masculine energy, that masculine mm-hmm. role. And they will more than likely always be the the more dominant role. Or let's say, let's say, I guess we put a percentage on it, let's say 80%, mm-hmm. 80, 90%, that person's always gonna be the, the dominant role. Sometimes it's 100 if it works in your relationship, right? Yeah. But the person that then takes on that more feminine energy mm-hmm. that is going to be more of the quote unquote submissive, right? Right. Then they find themselves being that most of the time and in other t- sometimes they're, they're going to be the dominant but it's a, a relationship is all about a dance right yeah it's going to be a back and forth you know it's going to be this thing where at some point the woman or the feminine role might end up taking that dominant role in a particular part of time or whatever it may be and then mm-hmm. but the other person kind of sees that okay this is necessary that i might have to take the back seat to this or whatever you, you want to call it yeah so Yes, we do believe that a, the foundation of relationship, it has those two polarizing personality types. Right. So, but that can also be like, I'm thinking of my experience. I think I have seen that I can be dominant, mm-hmm. like almost by nature, honestly, mm-hmm. like more than more than I am submissive. But that although I can be that, that doesn't work for me in a relationship. Gotcha. Like, yeah, based on experience, like I can be the dominant role and I think that's what Mm -hmm. is working. But at the end of the day, I've learned that while I can be dominant, it doesn't work for me in a relationship. Gotcha. Yeah. And see, I'm the opposite where I see myself as the dominant. Right. And I play that role all day long. It, right. it, there's no way in hell I can see myself as a submissive. It's just not in me. Well, then, and I know that I can't be with somebody submissive. Right. It, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so all of that plays in a part when, in you understanding yourself. Right. You understanding uh, what your needs are. Right. Right. You understand your morals, ethics, and values, and then you apply that to how you're going to, you apply that to the role that you're going to play in a successful relationship. Yeah. So if you know those things about you, so for instance, if you are a woman that needs to be dominant, right? And that's who the hell you are in life. And that's who that, that's the role you want to play in a relationship. Don't find yourself an alpha male, right? Yeah. Because it's not going to work for you. It might more than likely it's not going to work for you. Right. But I also feel like for speaking for like from a woman's perspective, if a woman finds herself needing to be dominant, I think that's that's where some of like the self-awareness comes into play. Like, why do you feel that way? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of where I used to be feeling like I was this dominant person in all aspects of my life, thinking that that's who I was in a relationship because Mm -hmm. that was my experience Mm and finding out that's really why my a lot of the reason why my relationship didn't work because in all actuality with a partner i i i want to be submissive mm-hmm. but i didn't realize that right. until i really started like i had a failed marriage and then tapping more into my needs and mm-hmm. myself taking care of me figuring out what the fuck i really wanted who the fuck i really was and it's like it was a complete 180 right Cause while I, you know, you know how I am. I'm a pretty dominant person, but I don't. I wouldn't think I'm that way in our relationship. Gotcha. So I guess to kind of tie it back into the book discussion, 
when you found out about yourself, was that around the same time that you went on your spiritual journey and tried to figure out like yeah. where you belong in, in, in the ethos as far as in a, in a loving relationship? Yeah. And just, and being more than figuring out, figuring things out, it was being open to saying like, you know what? I know this didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be open to something completely different. Right. Maybe I was wrong about my approach. Right. 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 Which, you know, in, in as as Bell Hooks has been trying to portray to the audience during this entire book is like love is not an easy thing. No, it is a very difficult thing that for some people might come easy. Right. For, for some yeah. some people are just built for it. Right. And just like anything else. Right. Some people are built to be an athlete. Some people are just built to love. So there are, uh, could be. Uh, probably not a good amount, but a fair amount of relationships out there who, you know, turn their nose up something like this and they're like, well, you know, this is, this is easy for us to do. Like, this is mm-hmm. what we do. It's because you're, you're designed. But for the, for the most, for most people out there, I would imagine it's a lot of trial and error yeah. that has to take place. It's not going to come easy, which kind of ties into what she was saying in chapter six. And this is not to really skip ahead. I don't know if there's anything you want to touch on on chapter five. I'm good anymore. with it wherever it's okay. going. All right. But where she was touching in chapter six was uh, we have this idea. And by we, I mean a lot of the people, a lot of American people, right? We have this idea of love being this this thing that should be easy and should be effortless and yada, yada, yada because of what we're fed through our entertainment, whether it be our books, mm-hmm. television, movies, that love is supposed to be this thing that just it happens. happens, right? Yeah. It's this spark you feel. And mm-hmm. you know, when you meet this person, you know it and you all just click and and you Things all just fall into place and Exactly. Yeah. And then there might be some turbulence, but at the end of the day you'll get love through it. All. Because yeah. movies have shown us that if you wait three hours, two hours, that at the end you know, boy meets world, girl meets world, and they're going to fall in love together and, and boom, and is happily ever after. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what's instilled in us since we're kids. Right. It's always the happy ever after. Yeah. It's always, they ride off in the sunset and everything's good to go. And so I think what happens is, is because in our brain, we're, we're programmed to think that it's supposed to be this easy thing, this seamless thing. Or it thing. comes naturally. Like it doesn't, like there's no building, there's no working, there's no figuring yourself out in order to figure out what you want in a partner. Like as if you're just born with this ability to love. Right. And it's just going to happen for you. Right. And then if it if it doesn't happen easy or it's not a seamless thing, then you go, well, this wasn't for me. Right. Like maybe I should just try somewhere else, you know? Yeah. So one of the the debates that she raises in this book is that most writers lack true love, which is why love is portrayed so easily in film. Yeah. And it's because they don't have a real understanding of what love looks like. Now, even though that could be true, I think that that theory might be a little bit of a stretch. And I say that because a writer can understand what love really is, right? And maybe because they understand how complicated love is and how it can show up in thousand and one million and one different forms with with all the the obstacles that comes with it, high and low, right? 
because they know how difficult it is in writing let's simple this shit up and let's let's make entertainment well because complicated isn't romantic it's not romantic it it will look fucking crazy can you you imagine oh no 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 You, you know what it looks like you know what it looks like it looks like and maybe this is an extreme version but it can almost look like what is a malcolm and maria what was that what was that a marie i think marie uh-huh. where they were just like kind of going and it doesn't mean that your relationship always has to look like that but sometimes your relationship can look like that yeah where it looks like you all are debating and you're going through it and you have to figure it the fuck out right yeah but but that might not be all that might not be something that people want to digest especially if you're talking about entertainment entertainment well, but that it's dangerous because then it is instills this false belief that that's what love really looks like and if it doesn't look like that for you then you're not doing it right right i i guess i'm just playing devil's advocate because yeah. I'm, I'm i guess i'm defending a writer and going well i actually just want people to like really enjoy this so <laughs> what's going to be more enjoyable and more digestible is going to be something that might be a little bit unrealistic, but it's going to be something that's going to keep the viewers wanting more of, as opposed to like life already might suck for them. Why the hell would I want to give them something that's not going to be an escape from their sucky life? And then, yeah, I think that a part of that in that, in the chapter was that she was saying that that's the problem because we lack the ethics of love Mm -hmm. within just everyday life and community it looks so shitty that we want to escape by watching something that's unrealistic where we need to stop, fix the root of the problem, which Mm -hmm. is that we're lacking love in almost all areas of our life to begin with. Correct. And so that's something then we want to escape from by feeling like wanting to watch fantasy. Right. And, and well, and now here we are too in, you know, 2022, where it's not just in movies and books and cartoons or you know tv shows or whatever now it's i mean it has been for a while but it's in instagram social media right so if you tap into that if you see couples together you see what appears to be easy going and everything looks good and everything looks seamless and it looks simple so then when you are faced with problems or you know little obstacles instead of trying to break through them together and talk it out you're so quick to give up which is what she was explaining here is that you're so quick to give up because in your brain you're thinking there's something wrong with us yeah it's not supposed to look like this we're supposed to laugh 90 percent of the time and we're supposed to enjoy one another you're supposed yeah. to feed me popcorn and i feed you popcorn yeah. you know kind of thing and there's always supposed to be passion and there's always mm-hmm. supposed to be like just what our idea of love is at all times right. versus like real loving relationships are growth relationships where mm-hmm. there's a bunch of fucking triggers and you have to have that self-awareness to recognize that and then your partner has to have the patience to why you figure your shit out and navigate mm-hmm. it and it's like that most of the time. Right. Well, and and I could speak to this and I in in no way am I saying that I was confused about what love should look like and yada yada yada. Like I knew, but even then it's like you still kind of like for me I felt that this was necessary, but I remember when we were transitioning in transitioning from 
being a new relationship to something that was a little bit more established with more foundation was getting in the mindset of not having to feel like that I needed to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, in the beginning, it's all about how could we wow one another? Because you're trying you're trying to get someone to, to understand your world. Right. Yeah. So if I take you on a date, I want this date to kind of represent me. Right. I like see. this is what I'm into. Yeah. And then you would take me on a date that would kind of represent you and what you're into. Yeah. And, and so every time we saw one another, it almost felt like we had to entertain one another in one way or another. Right. Yeah. Because we're in this getting to know one another process. Mm-hmm. But what a real everyday situation would look like is, hey, we're not doing shit. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So or go ahead, like I'll sit down here because I can do something while you right. do what the fuck you need right. to do. Like right, you right, don't right. have to entertain be me. Be all up on you. Yeah. Right. But I felt like in the beginning, mm-hmm. I or not really in the beginning, but as we were transitioning from being around each other on a regular basis, I felt that I had to entertain you because to me, that's what it looks like when and again, I know that I know that that's not what I really believed. Yeah. But I had to get out of the mindset of feeling like that I had to constantly do that and that I could just live with you because what love actually looks like is what Regular it looks like now. <laughs> like what were we doing last night? You were on a couch watching a TV show <laughs> and I was on the floor on my phone watching another a TV show right? yeah. through my headphones. And it doesn't mean that we dislike one another. It doesn't yeah. mean that we were upset with one another. Is it you were enjoying something you wanted to do and I was enjoying something I wanted but to do. But we were together right. doing we were in each other's things. presence. Yeah. But you know, we were just in our own separate world at at, at that time. Yeah. And uh I say all that to say that that's just another example of what things look like in all actuality versus what you might see on film. What you might see on film would be a couple that's sitting there eating popcorn with one another, watching the same thing, laughing at the same thing, enjoying the same thing. When in all actuality, like we don't have to enjoy the same thing. Like right. I might not like Or there could team. be moments of that and that's okay, but that's exactly. not the constant. It doesn't have to be constant. And if it's right. not the constant or even if it's lacking that period, you know, as far as like an in, in example I'm using now, as far as like what inter- entertains us, even if it is something different, it doesn't mean that it's going to change how we feel about one another. Right. But if you don't understand that, then you might think that just having those little hiccups or having that, not necessarily disagreement, but you're just... It's like a bad thing. It's a bad thing, but it's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Right? Yeah. But again, little things like that, you don't get, you only get in real life. You're not going to yeah. get if you're in a fantasy world. Right. In yeah. a fantasy world, you think everything has to align. Well, then also, too, depending on how you grew up and what was modeled for you, which is, you know, past uh, past chapters that she's talked about. So it's just like if all you if if what you think love is supposed to look like is only what you've seen in movies because you didn't have, you know, both of your parents together or mm-hmm. or a healthy set of parents and a healthy relationship showing you what that looks like, then you automatically come up with these ideas in your head of what you expect. And a lot of that could be like false expectations or beliefs. Right. Right. And see, I was fortunate enough to grow up with both my parents together and they're still together to this day. And I mean, they did put on a show a little bit and, and by that, I mean, 
my brother and I, we never saw them argue. We never saw them fight with one another. They did a really good job at making sure that they did that behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? But when they were in front of us, it wasn't like they were always up under one another. Uh-huh. They just existed yeah. together. And, you know, they they love one another and they enjoy one another, but they also were comfortable enough with one another where they they weren't up underneath one another, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I so, my father, he would be in the house, but he was always doing projects. He was always doing his own thing. And my mother, she had things that she was doing on her own, plus taking care of the house and things like that. So they weren't always in the same room with one another, uh, with one another. But we never questioned if they loved one another. Yeah. It was just they had their own separate lives, but they came together and they, and they, and they made it happen. And they were able to sustain a marriage for with 35 years 36 years so you know if i guess i kind of had the cheat code because i got to see what that actually looks like as yeah. opposed to getting it from media outlets and it wasn't really social media growing up but from television and, and movies yeah. like i i knew okay well this just exists here but that's not exactly what it looks like but I can remember a time where I would watch rom-coms and, you know, things like that and think to myself, oh, this is what love really looks like. Yeah. Or what it could look like. Mm-hmm. But but it it doesn't. Right. It can, but it, it doesn't. And if it doesn't look like that, it's not a problem, which is what she was trying to right. illustrate in Chapter 6. Yeah. So... Any final thoughts? Hold on. Hold up. Wait a minute. There was something else that I wanted to talk about and I can't remember right now. Take your time because I can always I can always edit it out. Okay. <coughs> okay. Hold on. Oh, one of the things that she was saying here that I had um like bookmarked was like this was when she was talking about like the ethics of love Mm -hmm. and saying that like we live in a society that's relatively fear-based and that also ties into how we fear love like we're scared we could be scared of love and i think like that does tie collectively i i can see that in society but then also how like your fear of love and your relationship can hinder, obviously, the relationship because you're worried about if you're going to get hurt. You're worried right. about, like, what if this doesn't work out? So your fear of those things actually stop you from being able to love fully the way that you really can. Right. You almost self-sabotage. Yeah. In order in order to protect yourself. <laughs> Which sounds crazy. Right. But... Which reminds me of this constant quote that I've heard since I was a kid, and I never really knew what it meant until as an adult. But you you hear this saying, "I would have rather loved and lost than, than to not have loved yeah, at, at all,", all mm-hmm. right? And that plays into that whole fear thing mm-hmm. because if you can easily find yourself getting in your own way mm-hmm. and not really truly loving. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, then you've never loved at all. You you think you might have loved, but you never loved at all until you've given 
everything that you can. Yeah. And or and because you're okay, you've moved past the fear of like it might not go the way I planned, but I'm hindering from seeing if it would if that would even be the case by fearing the worst possible outcome. Well, and and you know what, unfortunately, living in the times that we live in now where everything is so fast paced and there are just just so many different options out there Mm -hmm. that I feel like that fear is only going to continue to increase. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm trying to imagine a world where we can go back to where you're not going to have that fear of just being vulnerable and just be open and just allowing yourself to be loved and loved fully. Mm-hmm. Well, she was saying that you almost have to force yourself mm-hmm. to do the uncomfortable in order to not lose that. And then in turn, like kids see that and they keep it going because right now it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And if you individually don't stop and say, hey, I'm going to do things differently. You're just going to feed into the way society's going and right. then it's all fucked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've seen it in our relationship. Yeah. Where, you know, we we have found ourselves in situations where we were both there was, we found ourselves in a situation where there were times where the two of us were not as vulnerable as we needed to be at the same time. Yeah. Right. And so we were playing this, this, this game of tug and war where, you know, I might be vulnerable, but then you weren't. And then mm-hmm. I will feel like you're not being vulnerable because <laughs> of fear. Mm-hmm. And then it made me kind of start to step back. But yeah. then you realize what you were doing. So you will open up. But I but was you had already back. stepped back. Yeah. And then it would make you step back. And then I yeah. would open up and it was like, okay, we're, we're doing this game and we're self-sabotaging and we're really fucking up something good for good reasons because of a fear of being hurt or the fear of... Yeah, not that the fears are not valid. Yeah, they're, they're valid yeah. all day long, yeah. right? All day long, right? But um, it was getting to the point where it was like, hey, look, we need to do something. Because mm-hmm. this is what's happening and we're actually making our fears come true because of the things that we are doing subconsciously. Yeah. So let's nip this in the bud. Let's fix it in order to move forward. Because if not, then we're going to end up making true of what we think is going to happen. But that's what love looks like. And that's, again, what you don't see. Right. Right? Right. Like stopping, assessing the situation, Mm -hmm. talking it through, Mm -hmm. being patient. Right. Because we're people. Yeah. We're people. And depending on, you know, the person, that could be really fucking complicated and come with a lot of shit. Oh, 100%. 100%. But um, and, and I guess this kind of ties back into what we were talking about in chapter five is this it's this continuous journey of self. Yeah. And that you're going to be on a journey of self until the day you die. Right. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. And it, it ideally it should get easier as you become more self-aware and you become True. a little bit more spiritually grounded. 
whatever that may look like. Yeah. Um, but again, if you are, if you have that foundation and you're solid in that, and then your partner also has that as well, whenever you all do go on this journey, you won't have to, or you will battle obstacles of fear, whatever that may look like. Right. Um, but you all can at least break through those things together because you all are your foundation individually Mm -hmm. is good to go. Yeah. Right. Because fears can look like anything. It can look like rejection of love. It can also look like insecurities that are Mm -hmm. tied into, let's say vanity. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going through something, if your body changes Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Right. So, but yeah, it's deep. These things can get deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, any other final thoughts on chapter six before we wrap this up? No. All righty. So. so, this has been episode. Are we going to count this up as part of the episode number? No. So, I'm going to leave this in because okay. I want everyone to see my brain being scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> For the book discussion, it would be the the fourth, fifth, maybe? This is going to be the fifth. The okay. fifth installment of yes. the book discussion. Yeah. And this is for the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. Uh-huh. If you have not picked up the book, check it out. It is a good read. If you are in a relationship and you want to figure out how to strengthen it. And it's also a good read if you're seeking a relationship mm-hmm. and you want to... And you want to walk into the relationship with all the tools necessary in order to. Yeah. There's a lot of different perspectives that are important. Right. Yeah. So go ahead and pick it up. We enjoyed it. But thank you for listening. As always. I'm having a brain fart. (laughs) Okay. But thank you for listening. I go by the name Nathan Mitchell. And as always, I'm accompanied by the lovely Christina. Bye. Until next time. Peace. Bye bye, bye, bye.